Pentecost celebrates the very formation of the church in that the Holy Spirit came upon the apostles and they experienced for the first time what it meant to be the church that Jesus spoke of. They had, of course, experienced discipleship in following Jesus during his earthly ministry. They had even experienced the sacraments. But now through the Holy Spirit, they received the foundational gift of the church. Well, what was it? It was the gift of being able to speak in many languages. Now, that might seem a little curious because there were a lot of other things that they could have received from the Holy Spirit, but they didn't. For instance, they didn't receive profound theological insight into the mysteries of the faith, such as the nature of the Trinity or the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, beyond what they were already told. Nor did they receive detailed rubrics for how the Mass was to be celebrated or how the Church was to be organized. If they had, it might have saved many debates and not a few lives over the next 2,000 years. Instead, what the Church received was the gift of simply being able to communicate in different languages so, they, so that they could preach to all nations. Of all things at that point, why did the Holy Spirit give this gift to the apostles? It's interesting that in this day and age, when everyone talks about the importance of multiculturalism and learning to accept and appreciate cultural diversity, that the study of languages or foreign languages in the United States is at an all-time low. And that's a crying shame. Because no matter how much one learns about another culture, unless you can communicate with someone in a common language, there is almost no hope of building a true interpersonal relationship and thus overcoming that cultural division. If you've ever learned another language, think back to that time when you were first able to have an intelligible conversation with someone in that language. What a powerful unifying experience that was between you and the other person because it responds to the longing that we all have to surmount those barriers that prevent us from connecting to others. Notice that in the passage we read from the book of Acts, it doesn't say that the apostles were given special eloquence or even especially persuasive arguments in those other languages that they suddenly spoke. The people simply said, we hear them speaking in our own tongues of the mighty works of God. Yet it's this simple ability to communicate before all else that is shown to be the foundation of the church. It demonstrated to the disciples, as it should to us, an important revelation about the nature of the church and the role of the Holy Spirit. But in order to understand that, we have to look at some Old Testament history, particularly the Genesis account of the Tower of Babel. That is where God scattered the people into many nations, speaking different languages, because they dared to try to build a tower to heaven. Because of their hubris, God divided the human family into many pieces. But at Pentecost, God puts those pieces back together. As St. Paul would later remind us, for all of you who were baptized into Christ, you have clothed yourself in Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, neither free nor slave person. There is neither male nor female. For you all are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants according to the promise. 
This doesn't mean, of course, that cultural or linguistic or nationalistic differences are eliminated or made irrelevant, but they are subordinated to the one truly universal human community, the church, which is the source of all truth. That's one reason why the life of the church is always somewhat foreign to the life of the world, no matter what country or culture the church finds herself in. Things such as celibacy or the monastic life or even the use of Latin in the mass function to prevent the church from being too knitted to any secular culture or power. It creates that separation and independence that allows the church to live out her mission at all times and in all places. As the church's compendium teaches, to the church belongs always the right to everywhere announce moral principles, including those pertaining to the social order, and to make judgments on any state of human affairs to the extent that they are required by the fundamental rights of human persons or for the salvation of souls. It's this universality of the church that is her freedom from any one particular racial or national or cultural context that was the great gift given to the apostles at Pentecost. Jesus Christ suffered and died for the sins of all, Jew and Gentile alike. And so where previously even God himself had dispensed justice onto the world by reckoning amongst the nations, he now reconciled all persons to himself in the cross so that each person could obtain salvation and through that salvation, peace with one another. The Holy Spirit is the engine of genuine human community, even for those who do not presently share our Christian faith. St. Paul tells us that the fruits of the Holy Spirit are this, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's nothing in and of themselves that is religious about these fruits, although, of course, they reach their fullness in the life of faith. Rather, they are the building blocks of any genuine human community. That's why, as Catholics, we can rejoice when we see these fruits even outside of the church, because we know that, ultimately, they come from the Holy Spirit. And where the Holy Spirit is active, we know that conversion to Christ is possible. That's why the church, as the Second Vatican Council put it, addresses itself to the whole world, the world of believers and non-believers alike because the mission of spreading the gospel is inseparable from the work of making the world a better place. Not because we are ever content to do merely good works without reference to Christ, but because we know that evangelization, the good news that we can all be saved by Christ, is intertwined with the healing of human division and discord. The Holy Spirit is the communion of the Father and the Son. The Holy Spirit is the person of the Trinity formed by the love of the Father for the Son and of the Son for the Father. And so Christ bestows this love upon the church by the gift of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And so it is the basis of our communion, not just with God, but with one another. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.